Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. We hope this resource helps keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equips you to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Welcome, Restoration Church, to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. Uh, It is our hope to begin using this podcast a bit more regularly, uh, even weekly, as we continue to help us think about various doctrines and the way they impact our life as we make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. And so this is the first of three podcasts we're going to do on what is the gospel accomplished and applied. And so I'm sitting here with Nathan, and so this week we're going to talk about the gospel accomplished and applied. We're going to define it. Next time we'll talk about uh, the gospel accomplished, various aspects of the gospel. And then finally in the third episode of this podcast, we'll talk about the gospel uh, applied and applied to various aspects of our life. And so, uh, Nathan, why would we take time? We're always talking about the gospel inside the life of Restoration Church. Why would we take time to begin here? Well, first off, let me back up just one step okay. before I answer that question. So we're, we're hopeful that you'll use these podcasts, these hopefully weekly podcasts, as an opportunity to understand another another ministry of the pastors of your church. So you hear from us regularly in various outlets. We hope this will be one more easy way that uh, Joey and I in particular, maybe some others along the way, can minister to you to help equip you for the work of ministry. And so I hope that you'll make this a priority to listen to. Um, how, long, re- how long are we going to try to make them? 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes, because, right, they can listen to them, yeah, go to commute to work, right. riding a bike, riding the metro, whatever. Yeah. I listen to my podcast on one and a half times. Maybe you shouldn't do that because I talk too fast sometimes, <laughs> but it makes it go faster. But anyway, so we'll hope that you'll use this and make it uh, a regular part of your life so we can grow in our life together as we make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. All right, so we're starting it with the gospel yeah. accomplished and applied. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be this first series. And so you ask the question... Why start here? Yeah, why we start here? Yeah, because if the gospel doesn't exist, then we don't exist. True. You know, so at the end of the day, if the gospel's not true, or it's just a little bit of good news alongside the bad news of our lives, then you should go other places. But if the gospel is true, then therefore it is absolutely positively foundational and critical to our life together as a church. Okay, so it's true... Yeah. But let's just say we it's, it's true, and we assume that it's true, and we talk about other things. What's the danger in assuming the gospel? Well, but we'll we'll turn into you know we'll turn into the Pharisees possibly. But I think more than that, the thing I'm thinking about today, what would if we if we assume it? I think we we turn it into uh, our life together as a church becomes a bunch of sort of practical help. And honestly, let's be honest, you can find practical help in other places better than you can the church. You know, like you can find like Freakonomics podcasts. Listen to that. They're probably a whole lot more helpful than you and I are going to be. True. But Freakonomics does not know, nor do they claim to know, and believe and purport and advance the gospel. And so we can't assume the gospel, because if we do, it's just going to turn into a bunch of, you know, helpful advice. And you can find helpful advice in a lot of places. All right. So so it's important that we don't assume it, that we talk about it, and that we define it correctly. So Paul talks about in Corinthians, the gospel is of first importance. We see that it's important for those they might come to know and enjoy Christ. But then we also see in, in books like Rome or even any letter Paul writes, 
he's writing the gospel. Right. And so... Uh, and he, Jesus even understood the entire Old Testament to be about the gospel. True. John yeah. 5, 39. Yeah. So Luke twenty four four. Uh, in those in those ways, some people would say the gospel of God is love. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, it's right. True. Okay. It's, it is it actually true. is right. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It just needs to be defined, Joey. What is wrong if <laughs> that's we say, what we're trying to do in this podcast? What? <laughs> what? What? What is wrong with saying the gospel yeah. is God is love? Is that the fullness? Yeah. Does that, is God, yeah. does that well, get the fullness of the gospel? The danger there is, is that love become love becomes God, right? I mean, okay. yeah, sort of. So if 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 the gospel, how, how did you say that again? The gospel is the gospel is God is love. The gospel is God is love. I think the danger there is um, that love becomes the God, and the love gets often twisted and defined how we define it, and so we have to understand the inverse of that. That uh, the gospel um, reveals the love of God, so that we would know and love God. I don't know if okay, I said yeah. it really well. You you say it. You say it in a better way. Well, I think it's like you said. It's, it is certainly true. God is love. The yeah. Bible tells us that. But the the gospel is we need some full, fuller definitions yeah. if we're going to fill in a completeness of the gospel That's right. there. That's right. So the same thing would be uh, the gospel. If someone says, "What is the gospel?" and they say, well, "The gospel is uh, Jesus died for my sins." Yeah. Now. Is that true? Mm-hmm. If we repented and believed, yes. Mm-hmm. But that misses God's character and His holiness. It right. misses the resurrection, mm-hmm. and it places me at the center of the gospel. Right. And so there's, it's a true statement, mm-hmm. but it's not a sufficient statement that stands alone. Well, I think if we if we look at First John four seven to ten, that's where that phrase comes that everybody quotes: "God is love." Mm-hmm. If you've been to a Restoration Church wedding and I preached at it, you probably heard me talk about this. The phrase, God is love, comes from that passage in 1 John 4, 7 to 10. And what John does in that passage is he shows that love is the gospel. So, in this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation, a wrath quencher, for our sins. So, you can't say God is love and leave it undefined. It's got to be defined in accordance to the gospel. Otherwise, we don't know what love is, and we don't know who God is. Okay. So got to have the gospel. Yeah. So one of the things that we often will do is we'll have members, we'll say something like, share the gospel in 60 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have you do that in just a minute. Okay. But that can come off as kind of trite. Like yes. we're just trying to rote, memorize stuff. But why, why would it be important or helpful yeah. to be so familiar with the gospel that you could rehearse it in 60 seconds? Yeah, I'll... I'll it, answer that by giving a little antidote. So some of you know that I'm the chaplain to uh, the wrestling team. And so yesterday I was meeting with one of the wrestlers, and I've been meeting with him for quite some time. And I asked him that very thing, share the gospel with me in 60 seconds or less. Now keep in mind, we've walked through the book of Mark together. We've walked through the, the book, What is the Gospel, together. So we've been with each other for a while. And I asked him to share that gospel 60 seconds or less. And I explained it to him the same way you just did. I'm saying, I said to him, you know, his... Uh, Listen, it's not just to get the... Well, I, I explain it like this. If I were to ask him a wrestling move and to have him explain it to me, he would be able to do that really, really easily and really, really quickly. Why? Because it's his life. He thinks about it all the time. He can explain it very easily. And so when we say, show the gospel 60 seconds or less, it's the same way if you do something really easily and you've done it well, you know it well. And so if you have trouble doing that in 60 seconds or less, that probably means... You've not thought about it much or not lived in it. 
well. Would you add to that? I know. I think that's exactly right. Then we begin. We once we are able to do that, we'll do what we hope to do in the future episodes of this podcast is to begin to apply it. Yeah. Because you can't apply it if you don't know the facts. That's right. We got to get there. Uh, and so we've got to have those those facts. As is this other book that we just read, be fluent in our yeah. language. Yeah. So yeah. gospel fluency in yeah. that. So yeah. so uh, sixty seconds, brother. Sixty seconds. Right, you got a timer over there. I do have a timer. Yeah. Uh, what <laughs> is the gospel? Yeah, so God is holy, that is, he's righteous and pure. Uh, he is infinitely good and faithful. He created us in his image. But we rebelled against that God, and so therefore that God rightfully separated us from himself. And his judgment was upon us, uh, rightfully, because we rebelled against him. But God, in his glory and in his goodness, sent his only Son, who was fully God and fully man, who paid for sinners who repent and believe on the cross, quenching therein that wrath that was upon them, was buried, rose on the third day, and those that turn from their sin, trust in Jesus alone for their salvation, not their good works, but the work of Christ, they therefore can be reconciled back to God and enjoy Him forever. Alright, there we go. That can be a lot to remember, so a lot of times people will give hooks or words, and so the gospel can be boiled down to five words. God, of those is God, man, Christ, response, God. Yeah, we're going to get to that last one in a minute. That's so, right. Joey, what is the first one? God. God. So it's important that we remember all things start with God. He is the author of every story written, and so he is the one who brought us into existence. And so uh, if we must understand the world, we must start with God. We not only start with a generic God, but we start with how God has revealed himself holy and good and righteous and worthy of our worship. And we would say there's two places, two books that he's revealed us right. himself to us. What are those? General Revelation. You can read about this in Psalm 19 or Revelation 1 where you can know something about the power of God. So you would know that there's a, a, a divine being who exists. Mm-hmm. That's book one. And the second book we'd call the Scriptures, specific revelation, reveal more specifically who this God is, what he has done and how he acts in human history. Yeah, those are kind of those two volumes go together. That's right. Yeah. So we start with God. Yeah. So God, man. Nathan, explain yeah. the next part. Man. So man is created of God, therefore is dependent upon him. We were created in his image. That is, we were made to know him and to dis- and to show him, to display him. And so uh, it's important that we understand that we're created first of all, and that secondly, we're created in his image which means there is something upon us to show, to display something about the God that made us. And so we are created, mankind is created, with the capacity to know God and show God, unlike an animal, a dog, a, a, a tree, a cloud, uh, whatever, um, a cockatoo. Right, they were they, not created in the image of God. That's right. So that's they're not man. They're not created in the image of God, so therefore they can't know God. They do display something about him, but they can't know him, and so therefore they can't properly display him. Okay. Which leads us to the next one. God, man, Christ. So why did Christ have to come? Yeah. Because man did not fulfill his responsibilities to properly worship God. So to display him. That's right, to display him. him. We, we sinned or rebelled, yeah. and we often talk about that sin is not just something we do, but it's dis- disordered love. Talk about that real quick. Sin being disordered love. Yeah, so it's you're setting your affections on something that, that which is not love. If God is love and we set our affections upon something that's not him, then our 
Loves are disordered. Yeah. So God is holy, created man to worship him. We sin, thus he sent Christ. Yeah. Christ Jesus, so from the beginning... Well, no, wait a Back up a second. Yeah. We sin, and so what do we deserve? We deserve judgment, hell, for eternity, eternal separation from God. So yeah. God did not have to send Christ, yeah, yeah. but chose to send Christ out of love. Explain why we need to know that we deserve judgment. I think it's only when we know that we deserve judgment will we understand the peril by which we face and look to a Savior. This is salvation. We're saved from God's wrath. You cannot enjoy what you've been saved to until you understand what you've been saved from. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, the peril that you're in. That's right. So God, man, Christ, from the beginning of Scripture, we see God promising a Messiah. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Old Testament is about, the promises of the Messiah. Then we turn to the New Testament, and we know this Messiah is God in the flesh, yeah. Jesus the Christ, right. who lived a perfectly joyful life of love, uh-huh. loving God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving his neighbor as himself. Mm-hmm. So he fulfilled the righteous life we were supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Then on the cross, he died the death that we should have died, absorbing the wrath of God, redeeming us from the penalty of sin. And he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day. So, Nathan, why is it important we talk about Christ, that we get to the resurrection? That it's not just Jesus died for my sins. Yeah, so the death is absolutely positively critical, but so is the resurrection. Because if Jesus dies, then he's no different than Muhammad. He's no different than Confucius. He's no different than any other man that was some great teacher that maybe had some great exemplary act. Uh, He stayed dead, which is the whole point of uh, Peter on Pentecost. He says David was a great leader, one of the great kings of Israel, and he's still dead. And so the resurrection shows us that uh, the wages of sin is death. We saw that in the cross, but the gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus. So therefore the eternal life is revealed in the resurrection. Namely, the sacrifice was received. And so, therefore, the penalty of death has been overcome, as is illustrated in the resurrection. So, if you lose the resurrection, if you don't mention the resurrection, if you don't think about the resurrection, then you don't understand the sacrifice. Amen. That's right. So, we have God, man, Christ. Hang on, before we get to the response, very quick. Was Jesus half God and half man, Joey? Fully God, fully man. And why did we need him to be both? Because man was the one who sinned against God, so man was the one who should pay, yeah. but the in, the penalty was infinite, so only God is eternal, so only God could yeah. pay. Yeah, yeah. So the could and the should come together in God, uh, Jesus Christ, who is fully God, fully man. And tell me how love and justice come together on the cross. Well, I think that love... How can God be both loving and wrathful is the question I'm asking. Well, I would say that the wrath is an expression of his love. Love demands that we are against anything that is hurtful or contrary to God's character. God, too, must uphold that truth. So his wrath and justice is not a contradiction to his love, but an expression of his love. Just like if someone were to harm my wife or daughters, I would not be indifferent. But out of love... I would want justice to take place. That's right, that's right. And if you didn't protect your family or your wife in some capacity, you wouldn't be loving. That's right. Yeah, so you so, need justice and wrath. That's right. The opposite of uh, love is not justice, it's indifference. Yeah, that's right, so, that's right. All right, so we have God, man, Christ, response. Yeah, so this is the 
un, and this is the unmistakable, absolutely, positively critical, unique aspect of the Christian faith in association or in, when, in compared to other world religions. And that is, here's the response. The response begins with grace. So if you don't have grace in your understanding of the gospel, then you don't understand the gospel. And if you don't understand the gospel, you don't understand Christianity. And if you don't understand Christianity, you're probably not saved. And if you're not saved, you're probably going to hell. So we that goes back. We've got to understand grace. So the response, there's got to be a response to what has been done. We can't not respond to it. We do not believe in universalism. Christ did not die for everybody in the same way. And so... Uh, we understand that the penalty that Christ paid, he paid for his own, and his own becomes his own by grace. A uh, good way to remember grace by rapper, I can't remember his name, God's riches at Christ's expense, that's each of the letters. And so grace is receiving something you do not deserve. And so the grace of God is revealed in the sinner's response of repenting and believing. That's right. Jesus' first sermon in the book of Mark, Right, that the kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's Mark right. one fifteen. That's right. Yeah. So repenting and believing, and these these uh, these repenting and believing is not something we work up on our own. Uh, that we have somehow better than everybody else because we made ourselves repent and believe. But the the uh, repenting and believing are gifts of God's grace to us. Faith is another way to say is given to us. It's a gift. Just as exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 2, uh, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. So the response is, you have to respond first off. And secondly, it's this response is a gift of God's grace as revealed in our personally repenting, turning away, and believing, trusting Jesus. Okay. And so many times people will stop there. But in our articulation, we've added a fifth word. So we've got God, yeah. man, Christ, response, God. Yeah. What uh, would be the danger, by the way, in stopping there? Well, I, I think that you can faithfully articulate the gospel that way, but I think if you stop there... So we're not saying, just to be clear then, we're not saying that if you don't go to this next God, then therefore you've got yeah. the gospel wrong. That's, that's right. So I think you can faithfully articulate the gospel, but I think it leaves you in a place of understanding two things. One, only what you've been saved from. And secondly, it can it can leave the gospel centered on us, which yeah. the gospel is not primarily about us. It's yeah. about God. And so I think adding, uh, encapsulating the gospel, starting with God and ending with God, reminds us that not only are we saved from our sin, but we're saved to God, which is the fullness of joy, yeah. and that we delight in Him forever. And it reminds us what we look forward to. Heaven, unhindered communion and fellowship with God. So the Bible started in Genesis with Adam and Eve in the presence of God. It ends in Revelation, God with His people. So we have the gospel in five words. God, man, Christ, response, God. Yeah, which is exactly what Peter says for Christ, 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That's right. That's right. So if you were to ask my daughters, we do a little catechism at home, if you were to ask my daughters, why did Jesus die on the cross, their response would be to save us from our sins and to bring us to God. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. There you go. So there we go. Yeah, the chief end of man is? To... Uh, 
worship God, to glorify God and you enjoy Him, him forever. forever. Yeah. So if you if you miss that last piece of knowing and being brought to God and enjoying God, therefore, like you said, Joey, you can potentially kind of use Jesus like a lucky charm. You know, and sort of say, like, I got my forgiveness of sins, and now I hope I go to heaven and play golf every day. You know, you miss. Like, no, that you may play golf. You probably will play golf. Yeah, some great, you want, great courses, in yes, fact. Yes, if you want to, if you want to. But the greatest thing about heaven is not getting to play golf. Uh, the greatest thing about heaven is getting to see and enjoy Christ. And if you don't see and enjoy Christ for Christ, then therefore you will not want to be in heaven. Yeah, so there it is, the gospel accomplished and applied, and there you have it, Restoration Church. The greatest application of a gospel is to enjoy God himself. And may the Lord give us the grace to keep on making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ as we enjoy him together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.